All right, what a blessing. Thank you uh, for singing that song. That was uh, perfect for our message this morning and uh, appreciate that very much. It says, trust the heart of your father when you don't understand. And we often don't understand, do we? When it's all boiled down, we really don't understand a lot of the time. All right, Psalm 62. Psalm 62, we'll be just launching out there. This morning I'm going to um, pick up where I left off about, oh, I don't know, five weeks ago on the subject of trust. Trust. And uh, in that song there it talked about trusting the heart of, of our Father, our Heavenly Father, of course. And uh, so a few weeks ago we, we spoke on the, on the subject of trust and I mentioned to you that uh, in the Psalms David uses the word trust and talks about trusting in the Lord dozens of times. I haven't counted them up, haven't tried to, but it's a lot of times. And in our passage, Psalm 62, we, we won't be staying here much, but in verse 8 uh, it says there, "'Trust in him at all times.'" ye people. So David here is saying to his people, the people of Israel, trust in him at all times, ye people. And uh, that's what we need to do. It's, uh, it, it's a struggle sometimes. I mean, you just, you don't understand. We don't understand things that are happening at times. But our Heavenly Father does. He sees all. He sees a big picture. You and I are just in our little bubble in our little little circle, our little orbit, you might say, that we live in. We go to work, we come home, we see friends, we mingle, but we're in our own orbit, aren't we? Our little patch, so to speak. And we can't see much beyond that. Oh yeah, we look at the news and, and we do have a, a heart for the world, so to speak, as people, something that animals do not have. And uh, God has given that. He set the world in our hearts, the scripture says. And so we do have a, a thought for the world and we want to know what's happening over there and we want to know what's happening in Sydney and things aren't too good in Sydney. I, was, uh, I texted Pastor Hernan this morning. He texted me first actually and, and uh, gave greetings and said he'd be praying for the service this morning and Appreciated that and I made a comment about lockdown. I said, lockdown must be getting difficult for you and he said, it is, it is. And no thought of when it's going to end there. Brethren, you and I have a lot to be thankful for here, don't we? I don't like those masks, I hate them. They make my nose itch. I want to pull it off all the time. I'm scratching there and it makes it worse. But, oh, brethren, if just a, wearing a mask is all our uh, restrictions, we haven't got much. We haven't got much. And so we've got nothing to grizzle about. All right, how about we have a word of prayer? Pray for those that are sick. Good to see Metro this morning here with us. And uh, been praying for you, sister. And as, we, as I pray, uh, you think of someone who's sick. And pray for them. I can't think of everybody, naturally. I don't see the big picture, remember? But uh, pray for somebody that you know that is sick and, and encourage them and, uh, in the Lord. Heavenly Father, we just rejoice that we can be together this morning. Rejoice that we can read your word together. We can study it together a bit. 
Lord, we can just rejoice in your presence. And we thank you for that. And Lord, we do lift up those that are, that are sick in our midst this morning. We thank you that Sister Metro is with us. We rejoice in what you're doing in, in hers and uh, Brother Rod's life. And Lord, we just commit them to you. Father, we just pray for others that are not well, struggling with sicknesses, struggling with just recovering of a different ailment or another. Father, we just pray for your hand of blessing upon them. Help us, Lord, each one to just come back to that point of, Lord, I don't understand what's happening in my life or perhaps in my body right now, but I trust you. I trust you. You see a bigger picture than I can see right now. And so I just trust you. And we'll thank you for it. So, Lord, just bless your people today. Bless each one of us. Help us, Lord, to just glean from your word something new today, something fresh. And we'll thank you. We do pray for our brethren in Sydney and other places that can't meet today. Lord, we pray that you'd bless them. We pray for those watching online that you might encourage them, each one. Father, we just thank you and commit ourselves to you now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Job, in, in Job, in the book of Job, in the midst of his suffering, said this, he said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And brethren, the Lord can take us out any time he likes, can't he? He only has to switch off the air canal and it's over. It's over. I mean, that's how this virus works. It attacks the lungs and fills them up with water, basically, and you drown. You know, think of that lady in Sydney last week that her two boys went out into the country with a load of furniture, came back, $11,000 fine each, and then the mother died at home. Just like that. Thought she'd just get over it. I'll stay home, I'll be all right. Rapidly took her out. The boys not only got an $11,000 fine each for carrying COVID into the country, but they lost their mother as well. It happened just like that to any one of us. But though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I was down the garden yesterday and took my trusty knife out of the shed, which I take to go and carve a hand of bananas off the banana, um, you know, bunch. I take a hand at a time and ripen them up and so I get to eat the whole bunch. Sorry you don't get any. Some of you might get one or two occasionally of my bunch, but not very many. Anyway... Cut the story short, Robin. I went down there yesterday and took the last two hands off of this bunch and thought, well, that's the end of that palm. You cut it down now. See, that's what you do. You're going to get one bunch of bananas off a banana palm and then the new sucker comes up and replaces it. So I was cutting down the, 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 the palm tree yesterday, the, right down at the base. It's pretty big, about that, and just going around it with this knife and it's a thin-bladed knife. And all of a sudden I was pulling it back this way and it released, went straight in there. 
And I measured it afterwards. I just dropped it straight away, went up the house because it just hurt. I didn't really know what had happened. It just happened that fast. I went up and Rhonda dressed it and put iodine on it and put a bandage on it. But afterwards I went back and got the knife and I realised it could have gone in anywhere from an inch to two inches. I don't know. I know it hurt like crazy. can happen that quick, can't it? could have been an artery. Fortunately, nothing's damaged. I can still move my fingers. <laughs> but some, things can happen so quickly. And I think God allows those things. I think it was good for me, you know. The Lord just reminds us once again how frail we are, how mortal it, we are, and how uh, quick things can turn around. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Yet will I trust him. And David did that, didn't he? Trust him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Selah simply means stop. Think about that. Pause. Be still. And know that I am God. Be still. And know that I'm God. I was at uh, Castle Nine Chateaus this week just for a small job to paint a ceiling for some folks there in a bedroom. And, uh, and I, I saw Patricia Smith. Patricia, hello, if you're online. And Patricia said to me she'd just been out and she'd come back and she spoke about the, uh, uh, getting the COVID shot. And she said, I'm, I've had my first shot. And, and uh, going to get the other one soon. She said, Robin, when you preach next, would you preach on the sovereignty of God? Sister, I'm not going to preach on the sovereignty of God, but we're going to touch on it a little bit in trusting in the Lord. And, uh, but she said, so many people are so fearful about this virus business and, and so sort of thinking about, the government's getting control of us and trying to do this and trying to do that. Nothing of the sort, okay? She said, speak on the sovereignty of God. Speak about the fact that God is in control, not the government. Okay, the government might be doing this, might be doing that, but, but God is the one in control, not the government, okay? God has put people in control. Now, I, I don't personally have much good thoughts about Anna Palaszczuk. She's not a politician that I greatly like. She's got some awful policies uh, for, for Queensland. And uh, I, I wouldn't vote for her or her cronies. But God has allowed her to be in control of this state for this time. And God can take her out just as quick. Okay? Remember Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar was the king in control of Babylon at the time when, when Israel was taken into captivity. God used Nebuchadnezzar to destroy Israel at that time because of their idolatry and their immorality, spiritual immorality, adultery, the whole, whole shooting match. And he came in and took them into captivity and they were into captivity for 70 years. God used Nebuchadnezzar, a wicked king, a wicked king. And guess what? After a few years, Daniel witnessing to Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel using his opportunity as a 
as a statesman in Babylon. God put Daniel in an amazing position, didn't he? In a wicked kingdom. But Daniel witnessed to Nebuchadnezzar and, and when Nebuchadnezzar had a particular dream, he'd come to Daniel or he was eventually came to Daniel and said, would you interpret this dream? And Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar that if he didn't humble himself, he would take him out. And guess what? A year later, that's exactly what happened. God took Nebuchadnezzar out because he pranced around on the, on the walls of Babylon and looked across it and he said, Oh, wow. Isn't this magnificent what I have done? And immediately God smote him because of the pride of his heart. And guess what? He was driven outside to become an animal for seven years. Seven years. It says he dwelt like a, a bullock in the paddock, eating grass. His mind was gone, addled, mixed up like, a, like an egg omelette. And, uh, and, and he couldn't think straight. And he ate grass. But guess what? After seven years, God visited him. God restored his memory, his mind, his faculties, and God even put him back in his kingdom. Of all things, surely after, in seven years there would have been no way for him to come back. Brethren, God is sovereign. God is sovereign over the leaders of this country. And you and I need not fear whatever restrictions come our way in this state or the other states. They are only trying to do their best to protect us from a pandemic. I know some people try and tell you it's not a pandemic. Well, there's 7 million people dead and counting. And the numbers probably double that because there's so many places in this world they don't even count anymore. You get a little app, you can get an app on your phone called Worldometers. Well, it's not an app, just go to the website, Worldometers, and look up the coronavirus uh, tally. And you can see it from day to day, the change. Some countries have stopped counting. There's no record change from day to day. But virus is still there. Don't you worry about it. Running rampant. People are just dying in their villages and it's not even recorded. Brethren, our government is just trying to protect us. That's all. Okay, they might get some things wrong. Who doesn't? But God is in control. God is sovereign. He's just using the government to do what they think they can do. But you and I need to just trust God, no matter what. Just trust him. Just trust him. Trust him at all times. Not when it suits you. Not when it suits me. Not when my air canals are working great. Or when they're not, and then I say, oh, Lord, I'll trust you. Trust him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah, stop and think about that. Stop and think about that. All right, I've got right off, traffic, tra tra right off topic, haven't I? 
few weeks ago, we, we looked at this, this subject of trust and, and then we began to look at the, uh, at the instances in the Bible where it says trust not or not to trust in certain things. And we looked at the first one was trust not in oppression and that's in verse 10 in our chapter, chapter 62 of, of Psalms. Trust not in oppression. We looked at that briefly and, and looked that it basically means to not rob others and to trust in your ability to reap up riches to yourself by your cleverness, your trickery, your, your fraud or deception. And then we looked at uh, not trusting in chariots and horses and you might remember that. We talked about tractors and all sorts of stuff and... and uh, I realised that it just means, you know, trust not in chariots and horses, uh, trust not in machinery, you know, and engines, stuff like that. Trust not in wealth, wealth, because many people trust in wealth and we looked at that. I want to go on to the next one today. I, I said there's about 11 things at least that I've found in the Bible that the Bible warns us not to trust in. Turn with me to Psalm 44 now. Psalm 44 and verse 6. Psalm 44 and verse 6. And David here again is speaking and he says, For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. Now we don't use bows and arrows too much now, uh, thankfully. But uh, David's time, they did, and they used the sword in battle, and and uh, you know that you know, years before this, David used a sling, didn't he, to defeat defeat Goliath. But he says, "I don't trust in them." And David was a man of war, and he was accomplished as a man of war. And we we'll go and have a look at that. Turn with me to, to uh, one Samuel seventeen. One Samuel seventeen. When David was just a, a, a youth, the scriptures tell us, and he was sent by his father to the, to the battlefield. His brothers were all there on the battlefield and David was only about 17, we believe, at the time and uh, he was sent to just find out how his brothers were going and, well, they were there on the hillside with the other Israelites and they were afraid and day by day, the G Goliath would come out and present himself and say, look, you... You provide a man to fight with me and whoever wins, the other team will be the servants of. And uh, the, the Israelites were just petrified and nobody was prepared to stand up against Goliath until Jonathan, until David came along, sorry, and he said, uh, what's, what's going on here? And then he said, well, surely, surely some of you, one of you will go out and defeat him. And they said, no, we're all too afraid, you know. We're not going to do it. But uh, David said, well, well, I will. I'll go. And he was taken before Saul and, and, uh, and, and, and Saul said, well, what are you going to do? He said, look, I, I was looking after my father's sheep and a bear and a lion came out and the Lord delivered them into my hand, so he'll deliver this jolly giant into my hand. And Saul said, well, I guess we don't have any option. You better go. Well, David took his staff and took his, uh, 
He's, uh, in verse 40, took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip, so that's just like a little bag, and his sling was in his hand. So right now, he didn't even have a sword in his hand. Later on there in Psalms, he said, I don't trust in my sword, I don't trust in my bows and arrows, but back here, he only had a staff and five smooth stones and a sling. I certainly wouldn't trust in that, would you? Well, if anybody had a right to boast in their ability with a sling, it was David. It was David. David had practised with his sling days on end, I reckon, out in the fields looking after the sheep. Every opportunity he had, he picked it up a stone. Well, I probably said that a bit wrong, didn't I? Because he spent time playing his harp as well. But often he would pick up stones and he would sling them, see just where he could drop it. And he, he could drop that stone wherever he wanted to, whenever he wanted to. You say, how do you know this, Brother Robin? Well, there's a reference in, in Judges, and I'll just give it to you. Judges, oh, just where is it? No, I lost it now. But Judges 20. It's in Judges chapter 20. And it talks there in an earlier occurrence, and I'll give you the reference in a moment, Judges 20 in verse 16. There, it records there in, in verse 16 that amongst the Benjamites, we're not going not, not to give the uh, background of the, of the story there in Judges, but amongst all this people there were 700 chosen men. These were Benjamites, left-handed, Every one could sling stones, so just like David, sling stones at a hairbreadth and not miss. Now that's an amazing statement, isn't it? Sling stones at a hairbreadth and not miss. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here. You can test it if you like, but I reckon he was more accurate than Dave Holloway with a telescopic sight. That's a big statement. But Dave's nodding his head. <laughs> now, I don't know the, 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 the dimensions they're talking about. I don't know whether it was at 100 metres or at 50 metres or at 20 metres. I, I don't know. But at hairbreadth, even at 20 metres at the back of a church, you can't see it, can you? If you put up one of your hairs back there on that thing, I couldn't see it from here, even with my glasses on. Take them off, and I certainly can't. You know, a hair breadth is what? 30 microns, perhaps? Some of your thinner hairs, maybe thicker. <laughs> I used to shear sheep, and 21 microns was sort of the optimal, you know, width for a, for a fibre of hair. And... Uh, I once saw Charlet sheep and they were sort of under 13 or down under 17 was considered super fine and they get them down to 13 microns. That's gossamer thread. But our hairs are a lot thicker than that. They're sort of, you know, 30, 40 micron. But you still can't see it back there and that's only 20 metres, 25 metres at the most from here to the back of the church. And David could sling stones at that and not miss. 
I mentioned this at a church a few weeks ago and one of the men afterwards said, don't you think maybe it says hair breadth as in the hair like the rabbit hair? H-A-R-E? And I said, no, go back and read your Bible. It says H-A-I-R, hair breadth, not rabbit breadth. breadth. (laughs) He was trying to dodge out of it anyway. So he could sling stones, these Benjamites, 700 of them could sling stones at that hair breadth and not miss. Didn't have telescopic sights, but they were dead-eyed dicks. Good shots. So you come back to 1 Samuel 17 and, and David, you know, went out against the, uh, the Philistine and, and he came on, it says in verse... 41, and the Philistine came on and drew near unto David and the man that bare the shield went before him. So not only was Goliath there, big man, nine, ten foot high, big fella, wide, solid man, had trained to be a warrior from his youth. He knew how to fight. And he had an armour bearer in front of him. The man that bare the shield went before him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he just laughed, disdained him, it says, for he was but a youth, ruddy and of a fair countenance. The Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves or sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, I'll give thy flesh well, I just probably, he didn't say it like that. He probably said, come to me. I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, unto the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. Now, I reckon Goliath trusted in his ability, didn't he? He trusted in his ability with those those articles, a sword, a spear and a shield. I mean, he trusted his armour bearer in front of him. I can get out of anything. It's cool. No trouble. But David said to the Philistine in verse 45, you come to me with a sword, with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. I come to you with a sling, but I don't trust in my sling, I trust in him. I've only got a sling and I've only got a stick, but I trust in him. You can come to me with all your paraphernalia, all your fighting power, but I trust in him. This day, he says in verse 46, will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee and I will give the, carcass, give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly, look at this, all this assembly, all the Israelites behind me, all of the Philistines in front of me, This whole assembly, he says, will know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Brethren, 
David was confident, not in his ability with the sling. He had great ability with that sling. But he didn't have confidence in his great ability. He had confidence in the Lord. And he went out and he slung that that sling around. And brethren, it was not the fact that the stone hit Goliath that was the miracle. The miracle was that Goliath stood still, that David could hit him. David knew he could hit him. That wasn't the problem. But David knew there was a lot of other factors that could come in and could deflect that stone. I mean, it only took... A stone is that big, right? They were somewhere between a golf ball and a cricket ball size. Now, a man of Goliath's ability would have, would have had combat with stones before. And he knew how to deal with stones coming towards him. I mean, just move your head, just step a little, whatever. And above all, he had an armour bearer in front of him. The armour bearer only had to bring the shield up and deflect the stone, right? It's not that hard to deflect a stone. But David had faith in the Lord that Goliath's head would stay still and the armour bearer wouldn't get the shield up in time. That's the miracle. That's the miracle. David trusted in the Lord, you know. The horse can be prepared for the day of battle, the psalm says somewhere else, but safety is of the Lord. David's safety was in God, not in his ability with the sling. He had great ability with that sling, but he trusted God. And brethren, that's what you and I have got to do. Trust God. You might have great ability at something. Great ability as a musician. Great ability as a singer, great ability as a farmer, great ability as an accountant, whatever it is you do, but don't trust it. Don't trust it. Don't trust it. David said, I don't trust in my bow. I don't trust in my sword. I don't trust in my firepower. I trust in God. Trust in God. Oh, so there we go. We're not to trust in weapons, whatever they are. We've got all sorts of sophisticated weapons nowadays, but don't trust him. There's another uh, thing that I didn't actually list in the list here, but uh, somewhere in Isaiah it speaks about don't trust in the shadow of Egypt. Some of the folks in, in Jeremiah's day particularly were saying, oh, we need to go down to Egypt, we'll be protected down there. And Jeremiah said, no, don't. Stay where you are. Stay where you are. The safest place to be is right where you are at that time. So don't go down to Egypt. Don't trust in the shadow, the protection, the supposed protection of Egypt. It won't protect you. And uh, no matter what country in the world right now has got the most weapon power, it's not that that will save them. It's not that that will save us. It's God. It is God. All right, let's turn to Psalm 119. Let's see another thing not to trust in. And this is a, this is a uh, well, a hard one, but I've probably said enough about it this morning already. Psalm 118. Psalm 118 and uh, David again. Well, probably 
in the Bible here, it doesn't actually say David at the top of it, so it could have been Asaph or one of the other psalmists. But uh, Psalm 118 and verse 8 and 9, we get two things here to trust in. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Verse 9, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Princes, just leaders, leaders. Like I've said this already, you know. Our leaders in this state are trying to do their best for us. In what they know, they're put there. But we're not to trust them, okay? Okay, we're to obey them and we're to honour them, pray for them. But ultimately, we trust God, don't we? Ultimately, we must trust God. Better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Why? Because we come, we go. We're just but a vapour. I mean, you say to me, well, Brother Robin, surely I'm to trust you as a preacher? No. (laughs) I say some things wrong at times. I'll admit that. One thing I've said wrong to you folks is back when I first came here, I've got a time of admission. You know, I got up first and spoke about sheep to you and said sheep are the dumbest things in the world. And you all agreed, Brother Darrell here particularly agreed. He said they are the dumbest things. Well, you know what, Brother Darrell, I think I've perhaps matured a little bit since then. And rather than them being the dumbest animal in the world, I think they're the most willful animal in the world because they're very smart actually but they just their will is that I don't want to do what you want me to do that's what it is it doesn't make them dumb they're very smart animals because you and I are compared to sheep and I don't say you're all dumb you're very smart but I do know we're very willful We're full of our own self-will, aren't we? That's what keeps us away from the Lord. That's that's what keeps us away from trusting him. That's what keeps us away from walking with him. That's what makes us go to the backside of the paddock, like I know sheep do. They will stay as far away from their shepherd as they can. The shepherd has to go get them, bring them in, look after them, let them back out into the paddock. For a time, bring them back in. And that's what God has to do with us because we are very willful. They're not so much dumb, they're just willful. You and I are not dumb, but we're very willful. Very willful. So I've said things wrong here from this pulpit before and I apologise for that because I'm just a man. Ultimately, you don't trust me. Trust God. Trust God. And that goes for every one of us as leaders, you know, husbands and wives. You say, well, I've I've got to trust my wife. I trust my wife. But I don't ultimately trust her. You get the difference? You know, she trusts me, but there's times I've let her down badly. And trust is one of the biggest things that gets broken between relationships or gets hurt and gets, you know, and we creates frictions and separations and all that sort of stuff, you know. We can only trust each other on a 
small level really. But ultimately we've got to come back and say, but I trust God. I trust God. We've got to walk individually. Rhonda has to walk individually with the Lord. She can't just walk in my shadow all the time. I don't have wings to spread to look after her all the time. She, doesn't, she can't sort of hedge me about all the time, but God can. God does. Oh, what a blessing it is to trust God. Better to trust in the Lord than to put trust in man. We're just a vapour. We're here today, gone tomorrow. We're here for a little smidgen of time. Gone tomorrow. Trust in the Lord. He's there always. He'll always be. He always has. He always will be. Better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. All right. Psalm 146. Psalm 146. We're not going to get far, far through our list of 11, are we? We might, get, uh, we might get down another one and then we'll call it quits for today. Psalm 146 verse 3 just reiterates what we read there. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, that's each other, in whom there is no help. And, I'm, and you'd say, well, Brother Robin, there is help. We do help each other. Yes, we do help each other. But we do fail each other too. Don't we? It's just a fact. We fail each other. We hurt each other. So we've got to put our trust in the Lord. Happy is he, in verse 5, that hath the God of Jacob for his help, in whose, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Pastor Hernan mentioned this morning, he said, yes, lockdown is difficult, but we have hope. I texted back and I said, I'm going to speak on trust this morning. I said, hope and trust and faith, they're brothers. They're brothers. So closely linked together, faith, hope and trust. When he replied, he said, Amen. Amen. All right, so trust not in man, not trust not in princes. Trust not in our own heart. Trust not in our own hearts. Let's turn with me to Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28 and verse 26. Proverbs 28 and verse 26. Oh, this is a tough one. This sort of bites, you know. I, think, oh, I don't know. I don't know that I like that verse. Let's cut it out. <laughs> Doesn't it say, don't others say, you know, trust your heart? Like, just listen to your heart and you'll do right. Just stop and think about what you ought to do, what your heart, you know, just trust your heart. Well, the Bible says different than that, doesn't it? He that trusteth, in verse 26, in his own heart is a fool. Ah, oh, I don't want to hear that. No, I'm sorry, brethren, but that's what the Bible says. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. 
Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says that the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. You know, willful, willful, desperately wicked. We turn away from God. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Our brethren, let's just agree with God. Let's just agree with him. Lord, you say that I'm not to trust in my own heart, but trust in you. So I'll just do it. I'll just do it. All right, we're going to finish up. There's other things that we're not to trust in. Idols is one. Uh, Our own wickedness is another. Vanity and lies is another. And fenced cities it talks about in Jeremiah and in Deuteronomy. But we're not going to look at them today. We'll just let them go by. But I want to finish off in Psalm 40. Psalm 40 will be our last reference for today. And we'll call it quits. And, uh, and we'll go home and just ponder on these things and think about them. Selah, it says, you know, stop and think about this. So Psalm 40 is a, is a great psalm. I'd like to read the whole psalm, but we won't. But we'll just sort of, we will read from verse 1 down to about verse 5 and, and then we'll pull up stumps for today. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. David's talking about there the fact of his rescue, his his salvation, but his rescue at times through his life. And, And then he's saying, Lord, you've put a new song in my heart and I praise you for that. And look what he says. He says, Many shall see it. And this is, this is exciting. You know, if you and I individually trust God like David did, the scripture says, David declared it, he said, many shall see it. Others will see it around. Remember David in the front of the battle, he said, a whole congregation today is going to see that the battle is the Lord's, not, you know, not man's. And David here is saying, everybody's going to see around and many because of it will fear. Many will trust in him. They'll see it, they'll fear, they'll see my testimony, they'll see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Many are going to get saved through it. Many are going to turn around and see the Lord as he he is and, and trust him. That's salvation. That's restoration perhaps. That's restoring. That's people coming to God. Glory be. Brethren, you and I can grab a hold of that. God has given us a new song, put a new song in our heart and uh, given us a testimony. Then many will see it and fear and trust in the Lord. You say, Brother Robin, I don't see it happening. Well, just believe God's word and not our own thoughts and feelings. Believe God's word. Who he wants to bring, he'll bring. Who he wants to see, he'll he'll see saved. Let's us just be faithful. Just walk with him. Sing with a new song. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice.
Whenever you, whenever you don't feel like it, rejoice in the Lord. It's an act of our heart. It's an act of our will to rejoice in the Lord. I know it's not easy. I know it's not fun. Well, the fun comes later, doesn't it? The feelings come after we ex exercise our faith. The feelings come later. But the trust in the, in the Lord, trust in his word, trust in the words that are written down here for us. Blessed, verse 4, is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. We didn't get to vanity and lies, but that was one of those things that talks about people trusting vanity and lies. And here David says, blessed is the man, makes the Lord his trust, doesn't trust in lies. I know it's hard, you go, you know, watching the news today, well, what's true and what's not? Yeah, there's a lot of lies out there, a lot of untruth being spread back and forward. Whichever news anchor you look at, left or the right, there's lies spread. Come back to here. Come back to this. This doesn't change. The Lord doesn't change. Don't respect the proud. And don't turn after those that spread lies, David says. Blessed is that man, that woman. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Oh, brethren, God is good to us. Let's trust in him afresh today and just rejoice in his goodness to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word again. Thank you that uh, it is a, a sure anchor, a sure word. And it speaks about your goodness to us. and speaks about your provision for our sin. speaks about our Saviour, the Lord Jesus. And Lord, the verse there that talked about many shall turn to him. Lord, help each one of us to exercise this week our trust in you. I trust in you. I trust in you alone. No matter what else is going on around me, though you slay me, as Job said, yet will I trust you. Oh, Father, we thank you again. Commit ourselves to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Brother Paul.